Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. It's all over for you, loser. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Hashtag this can't be fixed. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I would never get into bed wet. A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. You gotta take happiness where you can get it. everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we're accentuating the positive. We are talking about the weird things that make us really unreasonably happy. (laughs) Things we weirdly enjoy. Steve Jobs was being like, we need this composition done and it needs feeling of like hopefulness and the future and joy and strength and creativity. And it needs to be 0.85 seconds long. And it's the sound that your Apple computer makes when it turns on. It's like, doing Bong. Yeah, the chord, yeah. Bong. That it was done by a composer. And that he had a whole vision for the composition and that it's one. It's just one half a note. That sound still gives me joy chills to this day. Apple products give me joy chills. And I'm really a sucker for all marketing because... Pottery Barn gives me joy chills. William Sonoma. I go in there and I imagine the type of person I could be living in one of those like icy white apartments where everything matches and there's four beautiful like pastel books, which I open up and with my one always there perfect pen, I write my plans for the day. That aesthetic makes you weirdly happy gives me it makes me extremely happy and i have to not engage with it because sometimes i find myself buying the four pastel books as if i'm going to then come home to the icy perfect pottery barn apartment and then i come back to my own house and the books just make me angry it does make me weirdly happy when i look at my coffee table and the sort of objets that i have arranged on are there but nothing else not my son's like leftover chinese food and the three remotes and the dog's leash. It needs to be ready for the catalog. Yes, but I can never be. And that's why I have to not embrace it because right. my middle schooler's new habit is taking off their socks and leaving them on whatever table they happen to be sitting at, whether that's the dining room table, a coffee table, an end table. And I do find myself becoming the mom from movies who is shrieking, what kind of monster thinks that I want to see your dirty socks on my dining room table on an eating surface. I don't think you're wrong. Fight that fight. And this is the response I get. 
I'm sorry. As if like, okay, crazo. As if you've never said it before. As if this is a new rule just now. Are we animals? <laughs> like who wants dirty socks where they eat? You're not two. You're 14. No feet where we eat has been established since 2016. No socks where we eat should just be like understood. No socks. Mm-hmm. Socks do not rock. I mean, how do I market this, Amy? I don't know. I want to go back to the bong of the Mac computer making you happy because that's one of my things that makes me weirdly happy. And I think it's because every time you shut down your computer, you open your computer. There's just a moment of like, is this it? Is this the end? And then it goes bong. And it's just like, it's going to be okay. Everything I ever wrote isn't lost. It's all still there. My computer still works. Today is the day. Like the potential for everything lives in today's opening of the computer. It just signals a certain kind of endless potential, that sound to me. Mine to me is like, it's more the reassurance, like, no, no, it's not broken. Like, I'm here for you. It's going to be okay. That's what I hear. Yeah. You're not going to get that folder with the angry face with the excise and like the Mr. Poison folder. What a way to let you know that your novel is gone. Yeah. The mad folder who's like, it's all over for you, loser. No, but the thing that makes me weirdly happy is my rice cooker. And here's why. Because I used to have a rice cooker that would sometimes work and sometimes not. Like they're kind of mysterious. Rice cookers, pressure cookers, all these things, right? You put them on that just says cooking and it's just sort of taking as long as it takes. And I had a rice cooker for some time that just was, it was 50-50. It would be done and then you'd open it. And sometimes you'd have rice and sometimes you'd have like dirty water and the hard rice on the bottom. (laughs) Well, you always had rice, but sometimes it was cooked and sometimes it was not. Yeah. And you never knew. You had to wait for the sound and then you'd open it in half the time. So I think I've been scarred by that. So I finally got a new rice cooker. I got this like fancy Japanese rice cooker that again, you press what you think is start things that it says. They're not in Japanese, but they just don't make any sense. You know, it's like it says begin session instead of start or whatever. But you press it. And then once you do what it has deemed is the correct number of buttons, it sings twinkle, twinkle, little star. But when I have rice in this new rice cooker, I get again another like ding, 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 ding. And perfect rice every time. Perfect rice. And that sound makes me weirdly happy. I'm still using my college rice cooker. That's like the white pot that has one button and you just hit it and it always makes rice just fine for me. The steam comes out. It's like there's a new Pope. Like eventually it's like, yeah, there's rice. Yeah, I just exactly. And then it keeps it warm and fluffy. I've been scarred by the only half the time you actually have rice. My new rice cooker makes me weirdly, weirdly happy. I love that for you. So of course, we went to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash what fresh hellcast asked the hellions to tell us what made them weirdly happy. And many of these are joy chilly for me as well. We should give a a shout out, first of all, to Sylvia in the Facebook group, because this was her idea. Thanks, Sylvia. I would have just stolen your idea and not credited you. But look at Amy looking out for you. Yeah. We said, we did this, but Sylvia did it first. She said, let's do an episode of Weird Things That Make Us Happy. And this was a good one. One of mine, says Sylvia, is washing things that aren't part of the normal wash rotation, like potholders, throw blankets, pet bedding. It just feels good. I'm going to really try hard not to yuck people's yums, but I do not relate to the joy of that at all. (laughs) I mean, I love Sylvia. First of all, I tried to steal your idea, tried not to credit you. And now I don't like your joy thing. Now you're like, that doesn't make anybody really happy. Yeah, Sylvia will be consulting on Kate's book, Crying Behind the Scenes, because I've done her wrong. (laughs) But yeah, don't recognize that as something that makes you happy. But I do identify with Wendy's looking at the clock when all the digits are the same. Yes. 
you feel like you've accomplished something. Yeah. 11-11. I just saw it this morning and I was like, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. I only care about 11-11. I don't care about any other ones. What did you wish for? I can't tell you or it won't come true. But it is a wish invitation. It's like a lie lashing your cheek. Yeah. I usually try to say one word that's like, this is what I need this for. You think to yourself, hashtag this can't be fixed. <laughs> hashtag. Yeah. Well, it's funny because some days when I'm having a really bad day, I'll look at the clock and it's 11-10 and I'm like, all right, I'm just about to get my wish. And then I'll look back at it's 11-12 and I'm like, oh, I just cursed today. I have an old Deluxe alert. Back in my day, odometers, cars used to have an actual like rolling odometer of the mileage. It wasn't just a digital display, which I guess would also be kind of exciting when it goes from three nine 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 to 40,000 miles. But when it was actual numbers and you'd watch it rolling. My dad would basically almost get us all in a car accident. He'd be like, look, 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 it's about to turn. We'd all, we'd all have to, attention must be paid. Yeah. And then like seven kids, because we didn't wear seatbelts, would like lean into the front seat right. all at once and start right. cheering. For the moment, the car got, you know, significantly less in resale value. Yes. Those were good times, friends. Good times. Let's all risk our lives to watch our car depreciate. Right. This will be fun, but it was. Yay! But it was. It was really fun. I was weirdly happy. I have one that I was just talking to one of my kids about. One of my kids has a habit. And I unfortunately last night really pointed it out to them. And now I'm kicking myself because I think they might stop doing it. Every time I call this kid's name, every single time they respond, me? (laughs) And it just, they've been doing it since they were three years old. It's every single time. So I'm like, hey, and I use their name. And you're calling them the right name. Well, I'm calling them by their name. And similarly, they also have a habit where I say, have you done your homework? And they'll say, have I done my homework? Like they just repeat everything in this really adorable way. And I was joking with them about it last night. And unfortunately, I may have put the kibosh on it because, you know, when you point out something cute that a kid does and then they consciously stop doing it. Mm-hmm. But there is something so cute to me about Me? Yeah, isn't that your name that I just called two seconds ago? It just (laughs) gives me irrational joy. The what? Me? Who, me? It's just so funny. Or like all the like the biscuitis of the world, right? When the kids mispronounce things and... Yeah, regularly truck. That was a big one from childhood that there was only two kinds of trucks, dump trucks and regularly trucks. Those were the only kind of trucks that existed when my kids were little. And then someday some like great uncle is like, young man, it's pronounced regular. And you're like, want to throttle them. They've stolen your weird happiness. Although you truly do not want a 12 year old going around saying regularly trucks. So I get it. It has to end at some point. But this kid and me, I don't know why. It just absolutely delights me. It tickles me. Danielle has a weirdly happy thing that I have definitely heard before. The smell of rain. It's earthy. And I can't even explain why I like it, says Danielle. But it hits a core memory. This is a thing. I looked it up because I knew there was a name for it. It's called petrichor. Australian scientists in 1964 coined the word petrichor to describe the unique earthy smell of rain. It's caused by rainwater along with compounds like ozone, geosmin, and plant oils. I have heard somebody say when you get that first couple drops of rain, smell that ozone. Like It's obviously something people know about, but I would agree that that is one of the greatest sensations in the world. And I know you'll fight me on this, but that feeling when it's about to snow is the same for me. 
Again, it's total joy chills. Like the half an hour before it starts to snow, I'm like a dog, like running in circles. I'm so excited. I get that. I identify with like right before it starts to snow and while it's snowing, I was able to walk in the snow last month while I was at home with my extended family in Pennsylvania. And it was so quiet. And I looked that up too. And like when the snow is still falling and there was that sort of, you know, dead still, it's because sound waves are bumping into the snowflakes. And so they don't travel as far. So it's like that weird crunch silence of snow falling. I know it makes me weirdly happy. We're in the Northeast and we have not had, I mean, we had a dusting one night of snow, but we have not really had a lick of snow. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where is my critchy, crunchy snow? I need the silence and then the critchy, crunchy, critchy, crunchy. Oh, it's so delicious. We'll be right back with even more things that make us happy. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Ruth says she loves the smell of when her heated blanket kicks on. I loved that because it was so specific. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. I'm not a heated blanket person. but One thing I struggle with with heated blankets, the lifespan of the heated blanket has turned me off. Like I've had four of them and I don't know, I can't get a heated blanket that works. You know, it's funny, your rice cooker has just been with you for decades, but the heated blankets, they let you down. Yeah, my rice cooker never fails, but the heated blankets, something about the connection always goes wrong. And I like the ones, there's some that have like wires that run all through them that are like, you. they bother me, like I'm the princess in the pea. Like if I could feel the wire, I don't like it. 
I'm high maintenance and unhappy. I have not found a good heated blanket. Bree says she likes walking through the neighborhood and smelling dryer exhaust. That's a great one. That makes her weirdly happy. She says bonus points if it's a load run with bleach in it. (laughs) (laughs) I have the exact opposite of this. Yeah, you don't like that? My happy smell, and i it's probably a source of concern, but I waited tables and bartended for years when I was a young person. There's a sensation when you open, you go into the bar or restaurant, you're the first person in there and you're by yourself. There is a very specific smell that is closed bar. And it's mostly, I think, because normally that smell is masked by all the people. But when I walk by a closed bar with an open door and I get that hit of like sticky old alcohol and cigarettes... I love that smell. I love it. It's just a sense memory thing of like opening the bar, you know, and being alone in the bar. It just gives me a happy feeling. I like it. I had to skip ahead my list here to go to Emily, who says that her thing that makes her weirdly happy is closing up the kitchen after dinner, especially if it was a really good meal. Less about the smell than the countertops, I think. But she has a satisfaction that comes from closing time. And she said closing up and it made me think of you. She clearly worked in a restaurant at some point. Yeah. There is something about a restaurant. They say that this is what drives people insane at work, too, is like it's every day is the same. It's Groundhog Day. Like you go and it's clean and then you run the paces and everybody comes in and then it's crazy. And then you wipe it all down and you close the doors and it's back to one. It's like a very it's very cyclical, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could choose to find that maddening or like deeply satisfying, right? Like, and put the sponge back next to the sink. And I'm going to try to get more like Emily about that. <laughs> I can't say it makes me weirdly happy. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it at all. I, I look at it. I, it just definitely doesn't bring me any joy. No. Tara Lynn has a really good one that I don't identify with, but I get that this would be for some people. Tara Lynn says, assembling anything. New Ikea bed frame, let me add it. Slot car racetrack, all over it. Hubby wants a new lap pull machine in the garage. I got this. The worse the instructions, Tara Lynn says, the better the challenge and the happier I will feel when it's done. My sister Anne has this gene and I am exactly the opposite. Whatever the brain, there's two things in the world that I, people say sometimes like, oh, well, you're just telling yourself the story. You can't do it. I don't care anymore. I can't do these things and I'm never going to be able to do them. Because it's true. That's why I tell myself that story. Assembling anything 3D off of instructions on paper, I cannot do it. I would have to watch a video of someone putting it together. I can mimic their movements, but I cannot translate from paper. And the other example of this, I cannot read the instructions for a game and then figure out how to play that game. Reading instructions on a board game, I cannot translate that into real life. I just have never been able to do it. Along with the pacemaker, one of the great miracles of modern life is that you can go on YouTube now and learn how to change a a vacuum cleaner bag or how to play exploding kittens or whatever that you don't have to read the instructions anymore. Somebody can just show you how to do it. Exactly. No, I cannot do it. I have to watch another person do it in order to be able to do it successfully. Or else have Tara Lynn come over. Tara Lynn, you're on my speed dial. Tara Lynn, like when she's like, the worse are the instructions, the more I love it. See, that's where I would get stuck. I'm like, why are these instructions so bad? How could you have put this product out like this? Terrible people. No, my husband is like this too. He likes to figure it. I mean, he's an engineer, but like he does, he loves the puzzle of it. So not interesting to me. What about Mariah who says being the first person to open a peanut butter jar makes her weirdly happy? Smoother 
than a fresh jar of Skippy, as the song says. And we use a particular brand. I won't call them out because I don't want a lawsuit over this. I don't feel that strongly about it, Amy. But the peel away papery thing, it should peel off in one piece. But it peels off only in the middle. And then you've got to chase the edges. And then it's not satisfying. If it would peel off in one piece and then I dug the knife in. You're still mad. Yeah, I'm mad about it. Do your kids follow TikTok and other accounts that are called satisfying videos? Are you aware of this trend? No. So there's a whole genre of, I guess, like short videos, like TikTok-y, YouTube, called satisfying videos. And it's like somebody digging a knife into peanut butter or a hot knife, like cutting styrofoam into equal sized squares. It's basically this episode. Yes, exactly. It's what is that called? Like EMDR or E? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's like the thing that gives you hair tingles because you're happy. ASMR. ASMR. There you go. Mandy has a good one. She says cutting butter into cubes when it is at the exact right temperature, not hard, but not too soft, which is very hard to find, as you know. Mandy's daughter agrees with her that that is a sensory delight. This is exactly what my kids are talking about when they say so satisfying. And it's Mm -hmm. just funny, like 10 times a day, they'll be like, oh, that's so satisfying. It's just a funny thing that people have developed. But yes, I would agree that the elusive right temperature butter, though, hard to find. My grandmother, who coined the term tweet, tweet, I wish that she was here to enjoy how much we say it. But she used to, she'd get her butter, it was probably margarine because it was the 70s. She'd get it out of the refrigerator and she taught me how you can run the butter knife across the top and make these like roses of super thin. That makes me weirdly happy. The butter has to be pretty cold. And my kids think I'm a wizard when I do that. Like still, my kids are big. Like they can't believe my gift. Your butter skills are just totally on fleek, Amy. My butter rose making gift. It makes me weirdly happy. I should have led with that. We might have to have video evidence of that. I want you to record that for the Facebook channel. You need to show us. Please show us how you make butter roses because every yes. inquiring mind's definitely. We might have to make that a bonus episode because, I mean, that is too valuable to just give away for free. My God. You're right. I can't give that content away for free. Becky says shoveling the driveway. Don't you dare drive on it before I get to shovel it. The clean shovel marks as you go are so satisfying. Again, a lot of people are tapping into this, like that perfect cube that you pull out of the snow. I mean, it's not my fave. It's not my fave at all. You know, I live in New York City. I don't have to shovel. I mean, it's one of the top benefits. I like a shoveled sidewalk. I mean, I like it. Like, I understand, like, it's like the lines in the carpet. We had somebody say that, like, when I vacuum, I want the lines in the carpet, and then they actually, like, grid and go back the other way. It's order. It's temporary, to be sure, but you made something pretty. I think what we're learning is that we are all being slowly mentally crushed by disorder, and these small victories are what is keeping us going. Like, if you can get the hatch marks in the rug, yeah, or you can shovel the perfect thing of snow, or you can be the first one into the peanut butter. So much of our lives is like a peanut butter jar with peanut butter spilling over the side, and there's like a lump of jelly in it, and there's like four crumbs in it from people reusing the same knives, and that's our everyday. Yes. So the occasional lift of a clean scoop of peanut butter is just making us really happy. God bless us all. We need it. This is related to that point. Kate says what makes her weirdly happy is secretly throwing out the little trinket toys my kids collect. McDonald's toys, party favors, etc. Getting that junk out of sight is wonderful. 
I find this to be very true. And especially now my kids are older and I will say McDonald's toys leave your life at some point. God bless it. Like I have not had to deal with a McDonald's toy in two or three years. But when our playroom, when the kids were little and we had a million different systems and the grid with the fabric boxes in it, you know what I'm talking about? And then one would be called dolls and one would be called Legos and one would be called art supplies. And then three days in, everything's mixed and matched and the bottom and in everything is six broken McDonald's toys. Taking the more and redoing all of those buckets and having the feeling of for at least an hour, I know what is in every bucket. Order has been restored is such a satisfying feeling. And like the little food crumbs are out, like they're back to one. I know that it's all going to fall apart again, but I don't care. It still feels so good. Yeah, that was always like a good like rainy Saturday morning job. We're taking it all out and we're putting the puzzle piece with the puzzle and the horse with the other horse. Yeah. Just for 15 minutes, and then it's all a mess again. Yeah, I'm at a stage right now, I was just saying this to my husband, especially with my kids' rooms and stuff. I don't know what's up there at all because they clean their own rooms, but they just clean it by kind of putting all the junk where I can't see it. Mm -hmm. And that it gives me like an itchy under my fingernails feeling to know that it's not really clean. It's just hidden put away. Uh I wrote a show a long time ago that I performed at some fringe festivals and it had this long monologue. It was about entropy, like things in order, staying in order. And like the world is always falling to chaos, falling to ruin, basically like a house left alone, right? Like the trees start to grow up through it. Everything is always trying to be destroyed, basically. Back to the jungle. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And that a house is so alive in that way that when you can set it back to right, There is something so satisfying and life-affirming about it. It's back. It's back to one. Christine says, the week after a good detailing of her car, I'll offer to drive everywhere to create the illusion that my car looks like this more than six days a year. I love it. A a car detailing? Oh my gosh. I'd prefer that to a facial or massage for me. Somebody to get all like the crumbs out of the crannies in the car. I'm not aware of this thing. You take it somewhere and they do this for you. Oh, yeah. You take it in for like your 40K checkup. See, I vacuum out the car like once a year and they clean it out for you. Yeah. I mean, you have to get your crap. Well, they'll put it all in a bag or something if you have McDonald's toys around or whatever. But yes, for a price, they will get your car as in like ready to sell it to somebody else, like used car, perfect condition. Do they write you a mean note about how gross (laughs) you are after they do it? Yeah, you'd have to be like, they've definitely seen worse than this. This is definitely fine. This is definitely normal. But yeah, like the spilled Coke or whatever isn't there anymore. They don't care. No, no. Wow. Car detailing. I've heard this phrase, but I've never had it done. Interior detailing. Oh my gosh, you guys, I know what I'm getting Margaret for her birthday, which is far away still. I know. Maybe you have to get it for me for Mother's Day because now that I know, I can't wait until September. It's so good. Huge, huge news, people. Wow. All right. This has already been the big revelation of the show, but we will go back and keep trying to find more things that can make us happy. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids turns out that is the key to seeing 
optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, 7 essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H dot com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use fresh to get $100 off your lumen. That is l-u-m-e-n dot m-e. Lumen.me and use the code fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. And now, some things we absolutely do not enjoy. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Children who call me brah, bro, or dude. Seriously, when did that become a thing? Midterms. Instead of binging Love Island, you'll be spending your evening trying to drill facts about early River Valley civilizations into your 7th grader's head. Dinner. Yes, you have to make it again tonight. No, you don't have any ideas. And yes, you did make a New Year's resolution to stop ordering pizza three times a week. Mornings with school-aged kids. All the cold, tired, miserable slog of regular mornings, now with 90% more shrieks of, Why are you rushing me, Mom? Imaginative play. Okay, listen, kid, I've been pretending that you're a dog for six and a half minutes now. I'm done for the day, Rover. Mouth sounds. If you have to eat, I must insist you figure out how to do it silently. This has been Some Things We Absolutely Do Not Enjoy. From the What Fresh Hell podcast. Nikki has one, another one I love and I wish I thought of. She says, oh, you go on YouTube and you search for cozy winter cabin, cozy Christmas, cozy coffee shop, and you get an endless array of lovely scenes to stream on your TV. It brings me a ridiculous amount of happiness. And you know what? I'm continuing it. I use this like for myself while I'm like writing and need to concentrate for like white noise. They have ones that are called like Charles Dickens workshop or like cozy Montana cabin with snow falling and the fire going. You can get really specific about the sound and it, you know, it's a pretty fireplace or whatever, but like it is the most like zen relaxing 
stuff to look at. And Nikki says she streams it on her TV. And it makes her weirdly happy. This is hilarious to me. You people are such weirdos, <laughs> but I love it. We went to my sister-in-law's at Christmas, and she has one of those like giant, crazy, you know, Costco TVs that's like the size of like an oldie timey movie screen. And she had a fire, like a, a Yule log, you know, a burning Christmas fire on it. We walked in and we were definitely kind of goofing on it. And then we were all sitting around it and it was so cozy and merry. And it's hilarious. It's a TV screen. It's, right. But like, why was it so satisfying? This reminds me of back in the day. I mean, again, oldie timey. But when I first had a color computer, like a computer that had a screen that was in color, I found a little like script or something that you could run. And it was snow that fell on your desktop. It was just gently falling snow. And then every couple of minutes, Santa would come across in the sleigh. And it was just a desktop screensaver. Super realistic. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was <laughs> the greatest thing. Like, I would so look forward to turning it on in December. Like, <gasps> I could turn on my snow screensaver with Santa. It, it was like the greatest holiday thing of my life. I was probably in my 20s. You know, now it's like you could be transported truly anywhere in the world with your screen. But it is, I lo- it's jolly to me. Robin says what makes her weirdly happy is seeing sausage dogs in sweaters. She says really any dog in a sweater, but especially like wiener dogs. Wiener dogs in a sweater. Again, not my thing, but I'm glad. Wouldn't make you mad. No, it would not make me happy. I can't feel it's completely neutral for me. A dog in a sweater brings me no happiness. It's like Chris Farley, like fat man in a little coat. But I get why it would for (laughs) other people. Not for me. Not my jam, as they say. Justine says, if I have a rare evening shower and I'm all moisturized and smelling heavenly and then I get into bed with clean sheets, this moment is basically equivalent to having a spa day. I'd rather have a detailed car, but I'll take it. Seems maybe a little slimy to me, like moisturized and then in sheets. It seems a little gummy to me, potentially. You do you, Justine. Somebody else said if you shaved your legs and you moisturized, it's like, you're really happy. You slide. I get it. I get it. It's like you're a human burrito. You're like slipping between the sheets. Do you shower in the evening or the morning? I can't believe I don't know this about you. Afternoon. Amy, one thing I think you we have established about me, I do not like to be wet. I'm like a cat. I do not like to be wet. Although I just saw something on Twitter that said that's a myth about cats. You go in the hot tub all the time. I'm, you confuse me. You contain multitudes. I like to be warm, but I don't like to be wet. <laughs> And so, yes, the hot tub, I would never put my head under. Like wet hair is to me the most uncomfortable sensation in the world. So I only shower in the afternoon. Late morning or afternoon is my only time to shower. I would never, if I shower at night, I mean, I would never get into bed wet. I would rather confess to crimes. Sleeping while wet is impossible, as they say. She's not wet. She just has moisturized legs. But you're worried that there's any sort of anything on the skin. You're saying any barrier No, I'm just saying I can't, I wouldn't take a shower at night because I don't want to get into bed wet. Sleeping with wet hair, impossible, ridiculous. No, I've moved on from the moisturized sheets, which I also don't really relate to. I take a shower during the day when I know I have enough time to get fully dry and dry my hair. Delaney, I love this one because it's like a a feeling of superiority that's inherent in this one. She says it makes her weirdly happy to see a glowy red open sign in a store that is clearly closed. That's funny. Like, I'm smarter than you, store. That's inherently contradictory. I get it. I would like that, too, I think. I feel like, in general, neon signs 
are very happy for me. I think that neon signs are great. It's become like everyone can have their own neon sign. But when I was little, I would like write in my journal about this, the idea of having a neon sign in my house. That to me was like the epitome. There used to be a show called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And sometimes the rich and famous people would have their own neon signs in their house. And to me, that was the pinnacle of glamour and sophistication. Like, like you know you've made it when. Uh huh. You've made it when. Like you can keep your private plane. You can keep your Ferraris. I wanted a neon sign that said Meg's room. That to me was Forget the gold toilet. A neon sign was the ultimate sign of luxury. The other thing I've, that went in this category for me was a van that had like a wolf or like a rainbow or outer space fantasy scene painted on the side. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yes, I do. We call them fantasy vans, which is a strange name. But I really thought that neon and fantasy vans were the all the epitome of like, you're really somebody. Because apparently I did not have good taste. People are like, what is she talking about? Who's the guy on PBS? Who's the guy with the huge hair that would paint and just talk calmly and he would like paint forest scenes the whole time? Bob Ross. Bob Ross. It was like a Bob Ross painting on the side of a van, usually with a wolf howling at the moon. That was usually part of it. That was classy. We will coerce Erica, who works on the show. A fantasy van. To find some images of fantasy vans to link for you. I just was Googling it as we were talking, and there is a beer now, like a hipster IPA called Fantasy Van. Like, I'm not the only one. All children of the 70s, 80s wanted a fantasy van. I mean, I know what you're talking about. I hadn't heard the term it would have like a unicorn and like spray painted. It was 3D. It was like the T-shirts you'd get down the shore with your initials ironed onto it, airbrushed, except on a car. <laughs> Sounds classy. But now that I'm old, unfortunately, like where dreams go to die, I no longer want a neon sign or a fantasy van. I only wanted them when I was young. My 11-year-old nephew for Christmas, he had a really good Google Doc of all his Christmas gifts that he wanted for the year. It was a long list. And but definitely like atop the list was his name, a neon sign of his name for his room. So some things last. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad someone's dream came true in this lifetime, Amy. Yes. Well, I'm not sure he got it, but he's wishing. He's still wishing. And okay, I hope for him that he did. Can I land the plane for you? Just that wish could be making him weirdly happy. You got to take happiness where you can get it. Yes. Oh, we should do a whole episode. I was just thinking this again at Christmas and just having some more like mature conversations with my older kids. Wishing for things is better than getting things. Like that's mm. a whole episode in itself. All right. Because it's true. Like I don't, no one sent me a neon sign. I don't want one anymore. I just wanted, I liked wanting one more than ever having one for sure. What was I actually going to do with a fantasy van? Nothing as it turned out. But Amy, one thing that I do want it's more than a wish, is for people to subscribe to our newsletter, Amy. Yeah, I mean, it's so easy to do. I'll put the link in the show notes right where you're listening right now. Just go tap, and then you get once a month, you get all our favorite episodes in the last month. You get a recipe or a book or a TV show, something you have not heard about on this show, uh, pictures of fantasy vans. I mean, I just don't, I don't even know what it will be. <laughs> but things, my favorite body lotion, 
where you can get your car detailed. <laughs> it's all going to be in, in the next newsletter. There you go. What car detailing is, which I think is only news to me. It apparently seems like something other people have heard of, but it'll be news to you. You don't know what you need to know. No. Mm-hmm. So check the show notes and you'll see a link of how to sign up for our newsletter. And please do that. Yeah. That would be a small thing that would make us happy. And with that, Amy, we'll talk to everyone next week. So long. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.